Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and this is it. The final week of the 2021 NFL football season with the college football bowl games now in the rearview mirror, except for the college football national championship game this Monday. And with that, I want to welcome in our co-host Victor King from King Creel Sports as we talk NFL football on the show this week. Victor, all in all, it was a good week last week for yours truly. I hope the same for you as well. It certainly was, Mark. You know, we record the podcast from South Florida down here, and it's really, really hot down here. And I'm I'm not talking about the temperature, folks. I'm talking about uh, Mark Lawrence and his football plays. Ten-star bowl game of the year winner, Oklahoma State. What a comeback against Notre Dame. Ten-star NFL game of the year winner, outright Arizona Cardinals, plus the points against the Dallas Cowboys. Five-star best bet, Outback Bowl, outright winner on the Arkansas Razorbacks on Saturday. Another NFL winner on the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. 4-0 and on Saturday and Sunday. The Playbook Bowl Report has ended up going 25, 8-1, and 176%. Uh, I've got Mark Lawrence as 11-1 and his last 12 football plays, period. And Mark, it, Mark has been absolutely roasting the man's chestnuts throughout the entire holiday season. Well, that's awfully nice of you, Victor, to put that into a holiday spirit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we love doing just that, uh, roasting chestnuts this time of the year. And it's been really, really nice for us and our customers and uh, a great time of the year, not only for the holidays, family gatherings and so forth and whatnot, but to watch football games and have scores come in favorably as they've been for us pretty much throughout the month of December and especially for the bowl games. A little bit of a tear in the eye with the bowl games now in the rearview mirror. And as you mentioned, the college bowl guide really went on a run this football season, 25-8-1 on the sides in every bowl game that played this year. That was 76% on every bowl game. I'm hoping we can repeat that next football season here. I don't know. Repeating it may be a little bit of a tall task, but you know we're going to give it our best effort. And looking forward to the National Football League Championship game this Monday between Georgia and Alabama and what will be a rematch from the Southeast Conference Championship game. I was a little bit surprised to see the line coming as it was. I thought the game would open more of a pick'em type situation, but I understand completely, Victor, where the odds makers are coming from with the opening line in this football game. They couldn't really bring Alabama a favorite in the contest uh, for two reasons. Number one, the main reason is as we talked about earlier on the show, the odds makers are handicappers first and foremost, and they live and die with their power ratings, their power rankings. And they had Georgia as a power rated six and a half points better than Alabama in their game just two games ago. And one result, and obviously what happened in the uh, in the bowl game leading up to this, the semifinal game, does not warrant reverting a flip in the script of changing from favorites to favorites or favorites to dogs in the bowl game. Hence, we find Georgia a three-point favorite in the contest here. I think all in all, Victor, it's going to be a heck of a football game, and we'll find out whether or not Kirby Smart can break on through to the other side. As we know, Victor, the miseries that uh, former assistants of Nick Saban have had in bowl games or head-to-head matches, I should say, against the Sabinator in the past, just 1-25 straight up in those football games. Uh, just a quick quick observation, your part, Victor, on how you see this college football playoff game shaking out on some on Make That Monday. Well, you know, uh, the podcast listeners are definitely going to want to get a, their, their hands on this week's newsletters. Mark has an outstanding write-up in this week's Playbook Football newsletter. Uh, Full-page long, tail of tape, numbers, a great write-up in this week's Midweek Alert newsletter as well. You'll definitely get a feel for which side Mark is on in the particular game, so we do want to encourage everybody to grab a copy 
of this week's newsletters. And you know, Mark, it's been actually a pretty good year for the favorites in the bowls. 21-15-1 ATS, that's 58% for favorites. It's not the big favorites that have been cashing, though. It's actually been the shorter favorites. Favorites of six or less in the bowl games have gone 12-4-1, 75% against the spread for those shorter favorites of less than a touchdown. There's only been three conferences that had winning records overall. The AAC Conference went 3-1 and one against the spread. The Big 12, with some late uh, victories, went 5-2 and two against the spread. And as we covered last week, a good co- uh, season for the Mountain West Conference, 4-2 and two against the spread. The three conferences that uh, didn't do so well, the Pac-12, Pretty much not a surprise given their record in the bowls over the last four or five seasons. One and four against the spread for the Pac-12 teams. One and three ATS for those uh, independent teams. And then finally, the ACC conference had a bad bowl year going two and four against the spread. Uh, Nothing significant in terms of the over-unders. Overall, there's been 18 overs, 19 unders. Of course, nine of the first 11 bowl games went over, but since then it's been all about the unders, nine overs, 17 unders to finish the last 26 bowl games. Yeah, it's really distressing, Victor, to see uh, the Pac-12 continue to struggle in college football bowl play as they have. And In the college bowl guide, we had called out the fact of their woes and their struggles in the past. And perhaps one of the most powerful bowl trends that we've seen come down the pike in a long, long time continued to work this year and that was basically fading college or Pac-12 bowl teams in games against opponents that were coming off wins that is now 1 in 25 against the spread the last four years Pac-12 teams in bowl games in that particular role so I'm sure you'll be reading about that in next year's college bowl guide and by the way speaking of the college bowl guide we're making it available as a no charge bonus to anybody who resubscribes or does subscribe to the Playbook Football Newsletter for the 2022 football season. It's a limited offer. It will expire after the Super Bowl. You can get a free copy of that college football bowl guide. Simply log on to playbooksports.com and click on what you will see on the homepage, a call-out about the college football bowl guide. It'll be yours free next year when you become a subscriber to the Playbook Football Newsletter for the 2022 football season. I'm visiting with Victor King from King Creole Sports. And, Victor, let's hop over to the National Football League side of things where we're down to the nitty-gritty portion of the NFL football season here. Uh, This will be also our last podcast for this 2021 football season. As we take it through the regular season, we'll be visiting with you I'm sure during the NCAA March Madness Tournament at some point in time, and we'll let all our listeners know if if and when how that shakes up and shakes out down the road. But uh, right now we're looking at the NFL final game of the season, and this isn't just a regular final game, Victor. This is technically week number 18 of the National Football League because they're playing 17 games this season. And a lot of what we have in our database kind of gets skewed a little bit when we're Mm -hmm. talking about, uh, if you look at games from a game number standpoint, game number 17 has almost always been in the past. In fact, it always has been in the past a playoff game. This year it's a regular season game. And we're also looking at win-loss percentages of some teams that uh, normally are playing – to not or to salvage a non-losing season here, they're sitting on the bubble at 500. So uh, it's a little bit of an odd twist of what we're going to be looking at in the National Football League this week, and uh, especially for some teams that are right now on the playoff bubble, if you will. Uh, Victor, I know there were some numbers last week in the National Football League that I know you'd like to share with their listeners as well. Uh, definitely, Mark. And you talk about a week 18 in our database, and we're basically talking, like you said, uncharted territory. That's basically what we are referring to. So uh, in this uh, first time ever week, you definitely want to take a look at things like motivation, desire, incentive. They must be factored in in all your handicapping in this final week. And uh, it probably would be prudent to exercise a little bit of caution this week with our wagers. I might scale back my usual dollar amounts per game this particular week. Uh, There's way too much uncertainty and variables on the card. And besides, you know, we want to save most of our available pigskin bankroll for the uh, postseason. 
But, you know, Mark, the best part about the holidays, aside from Mark Lawrence's football plays, is home cooking. And living down here in South Florida, I miss my mom's delicious home cooking around the holidays. She'd always make a great New Year's Day pork roast with sauerkraut and red cabbage. And, Mom, if you're listening up there in Ohio, uh, your son definitely misses those delicious uh, German uh, pork meals. But you know what? Last week in the NFL was a week for home cooking as well. In fact, Mark, it was the best week of the season for NFL home teams as they went 13-2-1 against the spread last week. 86% for the home teams last week. And that kind of completely reversed the season-long profitability of road underdogs. Uh, This year, dogs... Now 132, 121, and 3 against the spread. Double-digit road dogs in the NFL, 10, 21, and 3 against the spread. Again, similar to some of the numbers we've been seeing in the college bowls, it's the shorter road underdogs in the NFL that have done very well this season. Road dogs of less than 10 points, 72 and 48 against the spread. That's a flat 60%, and uh, I even got a 65% tightener in there. Non-division road dogs of less than 10 versus any 500 or greater opponent have gone 31-21 and 21 ATS on the season. Again, a good week for the home teams and not so good for the dogs, but still, some of those road dogs getting single digits have still been very, very profitable on the year. Not much to speak of in regards to the over-unders. Six overs last week, 10 unders. We're not surprised during this low-scoring season. Average points per game last week was 45.4. And the year to date in the NFL, we're now at 114 overs, 141 unders, 55% under the total during this low-scoring year in which we've seen average points uh, fall to minus 4.0 points per game compared to last year's totals. There's an update from Victor King from King Creole Sports on what's going on in the National Football League. As Victor mentions, a big week for the home teams last week. We're not certain how that'll shake out this particular week. And Victor mentions here to take it a game plan of conservatism on this particular football card here because there's a lot of choppiness when it comes down to the final week of the football season. And the rare thing about that, Victor, is this. And go figure this. Uh, as you know, I'm in a lot of the contests in Las Vegas, and uh, we've done really rather well, uh, surprisingly, if you will, the final week of the National Football League season in these choppy waters, if you will. In fact, uh, the last three years, we had to put in five games apiece. We've gone 14-1 and one <laughs> over mm. those five games the last three years and uh, going into it with a lot of trepidation, as you mentioned here. But uh, right. I still advise people to be very, very cautious about what it is they do uh, on this final week of the National Football League season. As Victor says, save your money, keep it in your pocket, and get it ready for the National Football League playoffs, which are upcoming. And speaking about the playoffs, let's take a look at that NFL playoff picture heading into this weekend and what we would be looking at if the playoffs were to start this weekend. The number one seeds, as we know, coming in here, they've got everything all locked up, if you will. The Green Bay Packers are the NFC side of things. And over on the AFC side of things, right now, the number one seed is the Tennessee Titans, who still have a little bit of work to do. Uh, The Green Bay Packers are uh, virtually a shoe-in to hold that number one spot, and they will do just that. They'll probably rest a lot of regulars this particular week. Uh, If the playoffs were to start this week, these would be the pairings going into this weekend. The number two seeds, Kansas City and the Rams, would be taking on the number seven seeds, the Chargers and Philadelphia. That would be KC against the Chargers and the Rams against Philadelphia. The other matchup, the number three seed Cincinnati Bengals would be taking on the number six seed Indianapolis Colts. On the NFC side of the slate, it would be number three seed Tampa Bay taking on the San Francisco 49ers in what would be one heck of a football game. And finally, the number four seed Buffalo Bills will be tackling the number five seed New England Patriots, both AFC North combatants. While the number four seed in the NFC side of the ledger is the Dallas Cowboys, they'd be battling the number five seed Arizona Cardinals. On the outside looking in, number eight 
seeded Las Vegas Raiders will be playing the Chargers for a spot in the playoffs here. And basically, the winner of that game will be in the playoffs. The loser will be watching the playoffs with us. Uh, the number eight seed in the NFC side of things is the New Orleans Saints, who somehow, some way, still manage to keep clinging to a playoff possibility. The number nine and number 11 seeds are the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, both on the AFC side of things, who will both need something short of a miracle to make the playoffs. And we're going to talk about that when we break down uh, one of our NFL games of the week. we got two NFL games of the week, which we're featuring on the show this week. We're going to get into one of them on the NFC side of things and one of them on the AFC side of things. Don't go away when we come back. Victor and I are going to tear apart that NFC game of the week. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. The only football newsletter in America devoted exclusively to NFL over-under totals. The Totals Tip Sheet is a must-read if you're serious about adding extra income to your bankroll this football season. Get exclusive insight on the overs and unders from Victor King, the NFL Totals Guru. And enjoy the winners. You're listening to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Now, back to the action. Welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we tear apart the National Football League card this weekend. We're going to separate it into two days, the game on Saturday and a game on Sunday. It started off in the NFC side of things Saturday when the Dallas Cowboys invade Philadelphia to take on the Eagles in an NFC East division matchup. Both of these teams are in the playoffs. It's a matter of playoff positioning as these two teams lock horns this Saturday. Victor, how do you see the Cowboys and the Eagles shaking out on Saturday? Well, the some of the luster has been taken off the game. I think you'd probably agree with both teams already playoff bound. In some scenarios, you know, last three or four or five weeks ago, people were saying that, you know, this game could be a very, very significant game for one or the other team to make the playoffs. But again, both teams already playoff bound. The what is this? The um, Saturday night game, eight fifteen p.m. Eastern time. Dallas opened up four. They're up to about a touchdown favorite on the road in this particular game. The over under line opened at forty four and a half. I made a small play of the under at that line. I'm not surprised thus far though that the uh, line has actually come down now. There's some 43s out there. There's even some 42 and a halfs out there. So it has come down a point and a half to two points. Uh, again, I'm not surprised. In terms of scoring offense, nobody's better than the Cowboys. 29.9 points per game on the season. The, Philly, uh, the Philadelphia team at 26.1. What I am impressed with is the improvement of the Dallas defense this year. Now the number seven scoring defense, allowing less than three touchdowns a game, only 20. Point eight. Philadelphia's had a good uh, defensive season as well, allowing only 20.9 points per game to the number eight scoring defense. Both of these guys pretty much middle of the road uh, over under teams. Dallas seven and nine over under on the season and uh, Philadelphia nine and seven over under. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were using the Dallas at Washington game as one of our podcast selections. Uh, the difference between the Dallas team comparing their home and their road games, 5-3 and three over under home, 2-6 and six over under on the road. Points scored at home, 36.4. Points scored on the road, only 23.5. So overall, Dallas's home games have totaled 58.5 this year. Their road games, only 42.9. Their road games have, gone, uh, have scored 15.6 points per game less then their home games, they struggle on the road, on offense. They don't have all their weapons in place. Michael Gallup suffered that season-ending injury in the loss to the Cardinals last week. On the flip side, you've got the Philadelphia Eagles, actually a slightly better over team at home, 5-2 and two over under, 4-5 and five over under on the road. In this season's earlier meeting played in Big D, they played fairly uh, early in the season. Dallas won that game 41-21, to a pretty high-scoring game. Uh, sharp over-under betters uh, are pretty much all in agreement that when we get a rematch in a division game and the first game went over the total, we usually go the opposite direction in the rematch. And that's the way that we're going to be going again, playing the under. 
Not to mention, we've got some good ammunition. The last six meetings played in Philadelphia between these two teams, one over, five unders, only 30.2 combined points per game. So, again, we've seen some really low-scoring games when these two hook up in the city of uh, brotherly love. Like I just mentioned, both teams are already playoff bound. Philly's got the number six or the number seven spot. Dallas pretty much is locked up a number four spot. You know, one can make a strong case for both teams to rest their impactful offensive players in this particular game. So it's going to be the under or pass. If you can find a line of 43, I'd grab it as soon as possible. Either way, we'll be going low with the Cowboys taking on the Eagles. I agree with you, Victor. I think both of these teams could very well rest some regulars here because there's not really a whole lot to play for, just a little bit of positioning with both teams already having playoff slots locked up. The Dallas Cowboys come into the football game. They were 10-0 and against the spread this year against NFC opponents until they lost to Arizona last week. So they pretty much dominated their own conference thus far this football season. Dallas also 7-1, and if you will, on the road this year. Taking a look at uh, what they haven't done well is the Dallas Cowboys playing on Saturdays. In the regular season, they've lost and failed to cover the spread five times in a row, Saturday regular season football games for the Dallas Cowboys. They come in there having lost wide receiver Michael Gallup to an ACL knee last week. That's not going to help their cause, especially down the road. Puts a little bit more of an onus on the other two wide receivers here, and that could end up biting Dallas between now and throughout the course of the upcoming NFL football playoffs. The Philadelphia Eagles got off to a real slow start this year, just 2-5, and five, but they bounced back. They're a team right now with a lot of momentum. They've won seven of their last nine football games. And if you take a look at uh, in that slow start throughout the course of the season for the Eagles this year, they lost their first four home games out of the gate. They bounced back to win three consecutive home games, so... It's been day and night for the Philadelphia Eagles here of late. They will be, like I mentioned here, either the number six or number seven seed and likely take on either the L.A. Rams or the Tampa Bay Bucks in their first playoff game. And the reason I'm mentioning the fact that uh, these two teams might rest regulars, aside from an injury standpoint, of which the teams uh, these days in the league are really, really highly concerned about our injuries that they don't need to be incurring at this stage of the season in meaningless football games, especially the Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts with that high ankle sprain right now. He probably could use rest more than just about anybody that will be taking the field this particular week. I'm going to fade the Dallas Cowboys in this football game for one primary reason, and that's because they ranked dead last in the National Football League this year in team penalties per game. When you go into a a football game that is really basically meaningless and you're not a very disciplined football team, you should not be laying points on the road in the National Football League. I'm going to play the hotter hand with the Philadelphia Eagles. Take the points with the Eagles for my side in the showdown game on Saturday. And don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to tear apart a key game in the AFC side of things between two playoff potentially hopeful football teams. We'll do that and hop out to Las Vegas to join our good friend Andy Isco to find out what's going on in Vegas with the Vegas Vibe. When we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. All new Playbucks tokens are here. Earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbucks tokens, you can use them for Playbook Experts picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbucks tokens, do so now. You're tuned into Mark Lawrence against the spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week's National Football League final week of the season. It's time for our second featured NFL game of the week. We journey over the AFC side of things inside the AFC North Division in a battle of two teams that are potentially alive for the NFL playoffs between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. Victor, how do you see this showdown between these two division rivals shipping up on Sunday? Sunday, 1 o'clock p.m., a AFC North division battle, Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens. Mark mentioned how both teams are kind of hanging on by their fingernails. They need to win the game. They need other things to happen as well. But with that said, at least we're going to see uh, starters playing for both of these particular games. The 
Baltimore team favored by about five and a half points. The over-under line opened at 42. It has since come down. I'm seeing some 41 and a halfs out there. There's even a couple of 41s. And we're going to wait this one out. Unlike the first game in which we immediately made a move on the under when the line came out in that uh, Dallas-Philadelphia game, here's a game in which we're going to wait out the line move and then bet it over. And we're, again, currently at 41. So I'm going to make my move when I see this line fall to 40 and a half, maybe 40. But again, 40 and a half is going to be my line that I'm going to be betting this one at. Uh, given the uh, 24 to 17, 27 to 14, many common key scores in the NFL fall right on 41. So I'm going to be betting this game over, but only if I can find a line that is below 41. Uh, Pittsburgh 7 and 9 over under on this season, Baltimore 8 and 8. Now, there was a while there where Pittsburgh was easily the best road under team in the NFL. In a seven-year period from 2014 to 2020, Pittsburgh road games went 12 overs, 42 unders, two ties. Again, best road under team by far in the NFL. But that was a period when Pittsburgh was historically favored on the road, and they're not here. Not to mention, this season, uh, four and three over under on the road for the Steelers. Not only that... But actually, each of their last four road games have indeed gone over the total. Baltimore's been a good over team this season. Five overs, three unders. We've talked about Baltimore, a much, much better offense at home. 27.1 points per game on offense compared to only 19.6 on the road this season. They're even giving up three points per game more on defense at home. Their home games have averaged 52.0 points per game this season, while their road games have averaged only 41.7. Basically, you see which way we're going. Unlike the other AFC Central game in which neither starting quarterback will be playing. That's Baker Mayfield not playing this week. Joe Burrow not playing this week. We just got the tweet a little earlier on Wednesday. With that said, we will be seeing Big Ben Roethlisberger in his final game ever and either Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley. I'm good with either quarterback there. Uh, Not to mention a recent over pattern has emerged in the last few years in the final game of the season. We'll call game 16 or game 17 division home favorites of less than two touchdowns with an over-under line of 40 or greater have gone 14-2. and That's 14 overs, only two unders in the last four years. So there you have it. We're going to wait out the line move. We're going to wait for it to get to 40 and a half or less. And we're going to be playing two teams in a prideful division in the AFC Conference who are still playing for something. Go over the total. Steelers and the Ravens. Steelers and Ravens over the total from Victor King as he takes a look at that big AFC North Division matchup between two potential NFL playoff hopefuls. Hanging by their fingernails is exactly what they're doing here. If you Check out the playoff simulator at NewYorkTimes.com. And it's a great tool when it comes to playoff projections. The playoff simulator from the New York Times has the Pittsburgh series with a 9% chance of making the playoffs. The Baltimore Ravens with a 3% chance of making the playoffs. Either one who wins this football game is going to need that win and a Christmas Day miracle to make the National Football League playoffs. But nonetheless, they are going into the football game mathematically alive and as Victor says most likely playing the starters this football game so it should be I think an entertaining football matchup the Pittsburgh Steelers know in this series the visiting team has gone seven two and one against the spread the problem is Pittsburgh comes in here having lost the money three straight games in a row when coming off division home games I think what works against Pittsburgh in this football game personally is the fact that last week's win against the Cleveland Browns aside from being highly emotional for Ben Roethlisberger in his last game at Pittsburgh is the fact that with that victory, Pittsburgh clinched at least a 500 season this year, which means Mike Tomlin will not endure his first ever losing season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That big relief is off their shoulders heading into this football game. Big Ben in that football contest for his accomplishments, Pittsburgh wasn't a game and all the emotional support they had 
He passed for 123 yards on 24 completions. That's not saying very much at all. They didn't win the game because of Ben Roethlisberger. But then again, yes, they did win the game because of Ben Roethlisberger, because of the emotional support that they had from not only the fans, but also the team as well. Baltimore limps into this football game on a five-game losing streak, but look inside the numbers at those five games that they've lost. Four of them have come by a combined total of just five points. Losses of one, one, and two points in, in those football games coming in here. They have not raised the white flag, have the Baltimore Ravens, and that's a John Harbaugh trait. He will not let his football team give up at any stage of the football season here. Uh, we talked about Big Ben Roethlisberger in those uh, yards that he passed for here. If you take a look at Big Ben, we called this out in our midweek alert football newsletter this week. He is not going out with a lot of style points, if you will. His last three football games, Ben Roethlisberger's passer ratings have been 56.2, 73.4, and 80.1. He's thrown two touchdown passes in his last three football games. He is simply running out of gas. And as emotionally elated as Pittsburgh was after that football game, Baltimore playing much, much better than their win-loss record indicates I'm going to lay the points with the Ravens in this football contest here and play them against the Pittsburgh Steelers to my side in this football contest on Sunday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, let's hop out to Las Vegas now to get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco, proprietor of TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And Andy, we're winding down to what might be, uh, I'm sure, an exciting finish in some of these contests in Las Vegas, either the Superbook or the Circa. And I'm really interested to know, as we'll talk about here in just a moment or so, about how that Survivor contest is shaking out in Vegas here. That was coming down to the stretch run. We'll see exactly where they stand. But with that, I'm going to welcome you into the show, and I hope you had a good week last week as well. Thanks, Mark, and of course, a happy, healthy, safe, and uh, uh, prosperous new year uh, to you and all the staff and all the listeners out there. I <clears throat> want to give a special shout-out to uh, Dana, who is a, a longtime listener of the podcast. He and I spoke uh, the other night, and uh, uh, he knows that he's going to be listening to find out not just how the contests are going, but uh, how the season is going to wind down. And uh, we actually have one of the contests that has already uh, been decided. Not the Survivor Contest, but it's the uh, Super Contest Gold in the Westgate Super Contest. So let's start with, uh, uh, with the Super Contest Gold. We start normally with the consensus plays, and that's the top five selections each week in the contest, the five most popular or frequently chosen games. Last week in the Super Contest Gold, this consensus had been 44, 39, and 2 entering uh, week uh, 17. Uh, the consensus went 3 and 2 with, with winners on the most popular selection, Green Bay, and that largely had to do with the fact that the line was Green Bay minus 6.5. That line came out on Wednesday, and on Friday morning it was announced that Kirk Cousins was not going to play for Minnesota, so the game was bid up immediately till 12 and a half, roughly in that range, 12 to 13. Contest line remained at six and a half. Didn't matter that the line was bid up as the Packers won 37 to 10, so it covered all numbers. But more importantly for the contestants, Green Bay uh, was the uh, winner in that uh, in that contest. In fact, they were the number one selection in um, all of the uh, contests this week, which makes a lot of sense with a lot of folks playing not just line moves, but a huge mind lo- my line move with that reason. The other winners in the consensus were Cincinnati and the L.A. Chargers. The two losers were the Rams and the Indianapolis Colts. That's a 3-2 and two week, bringing the season-to-date record of the consensus to 47-41 and two. That works out to a shade over 53.3%. Now, as to the standings, this is the $5,000 winner-take-all contest. 87 entrants ponied up the 5000 so it was a $435,000 pool. And the current leader, after 17 weeks with one week and five selections to go, 47, 26, and 2. You get a point for a win, a half point for a push, no points for a loss. So that works out to 58 points out of a possible 85 points. And that's a 68.24% winning percentage for the leader. Now why is that significant? Because the two contestants tied for second have only 51 and a half points. So the most that they could go if they go 5-0 and would be 56 and a half. And they would still trail the leader. 
by a point and a, and a half who has the 58, even if the leader went 0-5 this week. So I can't ever remember uh, this contest being decided uh, with one week to go in the season. Of course, the one week to go is still uh, week uh, week 18, which is a new week. But even so, after uh, 16 weeks, uh, the uh, leader had a nice margin but had not clinched until week 18. So a total of the 87 entrants, only six managed to hit 60% or more over the course of the season. Looking at the Super Contest Classic, that's the $1,000 entry fee, five selections a week against the static point spread. Coming into the week, the consensus was 37, 42, and 1. Uh, there were three winners last week, Green Bay, Cincinnati, and Philadelphia. Philadelphia was laying 3.5 in their contest at Washington. That line went up to as high as 6, 6.5 prior to kickoff. But for contest purposes, Philadelphia covered the 3.5 points uh, by virtue of their 20-16 to 16 win over the uh, soon-to-be, I understand, Washington Admirals, although it that is not. I actually thought that, given the fact that the announcement was going to be made on February 2nd, I thought the obvious name would be the Washington Groundhogs. And you may laugh at that a little bit, but where did Washington make its name under uh, Joe Gibbs? The Hogs, the offensive line with a huge ground game. So that would have been my preference, but it looks as though the word may have been leaked on a website that uh, the Washington Admirals, at least as of yesterday, appeared to be uh, the winner. Uh, the two losers, uh, the L.A. Rams and the Indianapolis Colts, that made it a 3-2 and two week for the consensus, bringing the uh, year-to-date record, even though still losing, 40-44-1. That's 47.7%. This contest is not yet over. In fact, 55 contestants are within five points of the lead. Those 55 contestants are hitting 62.4% or better. One leader is 58 and 27. A co-leader is 57, 26 and 2. Each of those records works out to 58 of a possible 85 points. Uh, that's good enough for a uh, half-point lead over one contestant at 57 and a half. Two more are at 57, all the way down to 13 or at 54, comprising uh, the uh, final part of those 55 uh, that are in the uh, uh, in the uh, uh, Five points of the lead. Overall, 116 of the 1,972 entries are hitting at 60% uh, this year. So that's the wrap-up of the Super Contest Classic with one week to go and the wrap-up for the season, even though they'll play out that final week in the Super Contest Gold. Turning now to what's become the biggest contest in Las Vegas, the Circa Million. Uh, that contest had slightly over 4,000 entries this year. Based along the lines of the Westgate Super Contest, that also carried a one dollar entry fee. The consensus going into last week was 44 and 37. The consensus last week went a very nice 4 and 1, bringing the season to date record up to 48 and 38. There's an additional game in there because in one week two selections tied for the fifth most popular selection. That 48 and 38 record works out to 55 point The number one pick, as I mentioned earlier in all these contests, the Green Bay Packers, nearly 50% of the slightly over 4,000 contestants, 1,921, laid in this case seven points uh, with Green Bay. That was the most popular choice. The second most popular choice, surprisingly enough, was the L.A. Rams laying three and a half at the Baltimore Ravens. They did all they needed to do to just come back in the final moments to win that game by one, hence not covering the line. So that was the lone loser. The other winners against the spread this past week. Tennessee, the third most popular choice. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals with their upset win at Dallas. They didn't need the points. They got six of them. Uh, that was a winner. And the final one was Monday night with another upset winner, the Pittsburgh Steelers, getting three and a half in this contest, winning that game outright over Cleveland. So for the year, 48 and 38, 55.8% for the consensus. Now, in the Circa Million standings, there is one leader at a record of 60, 24, and 1. That's 60 and a half out of a possible 85 points, so slightly better record uh, than the uh, Westgate leader. That's 71.2%. That's good enough for just a uh, lead of one half point over one contestant in second with 60, who's a half point ahead of the lone contestant in third, who's another half point ahead of the lone contestant in fourth. And what's interesting the leader of the contest has the number one and the number three position. The second place 
contestant is number two and number four. So a big, big payday in store for two individuals who right now occupy the top four spots in the Circa uh, Million contest. Uh, then there are a total of 59 contestants who are at uh, 55 points or less. Actually, 41 are at 55 and a half with the leader at 60 and a half. Uh, those 41 contestants have a chance to uh, tie uh, for the lead. They can't do any better than six and a half, but that would mean an 0 and 5 on the part of that uh, one contestant and 0 and 5 amongst for some of the others. But nonetheless, 41 contestants do with a mathematical chance of uh, winning the Circa uh, Million Contest with one week and five selections to go. Now in the Circa Survivor Contest, uh, there were five contestants remaining with one week to go. This one carries a $6 million winner-take-all or winner-be-shared uh, pool. So if all five contestants uh, go 5-0 and oh, or all five contestants go 0-5, oh they would each take home uh, $1.2 million, uh, one-fifth of the $6 million prize pool. Now, there's also an interesting twist because the rules stated that if you were 19-0 and oh, going into week 20 and completed a perfect 20-0 season by picking either of the two Super Bowl teams from last year, Kansas City or Tampa Bay, there's a million-dollar bonus. So it is possible that up to five people could share in a $7 million prize pool, or it could be one lone winner who has $6 million that uh, they're going to win, and if they pick Tampa Bay or Kansas City and that being a winning selection, they'd add another million and collect $7 million. Uh, last week, no. Body was eliminated of the five contestants. Only four teams were chosen. Two were on the 49ers with their win against Houston. One, one, one winner won with the Saints, one with Seattle, and one with the L.A. Chargers. So one week to go, five contestants uh, looking to win or share a part of six, possibly $7 million with the results of Week 18. A lot of money on the line with contests in Las Vegas this week, especially the Survivor Contest, Andy. I wonder if people play the game with those using that, those selections the final week of holding back on those defending Super Bowl teams for the extra million, or would you play the game just to make sure you stay alive to get to that final game? What would you be doing? I, w I would make sure that I were alive coming into the final week. Yes, I would like to have Tampa Bay and or Kansas City available. But if there were certain weeks during the course of the season where I was very much undecided and either Tampa Bay or Kansas City was in an extremely favorable position, favored by double digits against a team that, let's say, had some injuries or some COVID issues, and uh, that was the best selection at the time, I would uh, do that. It does no good to win with Tampa Bay in Week 13 and then even be eliminated in Week 15 or 16, or one of the two holiday weeks when Tampa Bay would have been a needed selection uh, just for the purposes of having that alive. It's uh, It's the old rule of uh, survive and advance, whatever it takes to survive. If you happen to be alive, you know, I wouldn't be greedy. If I won or shared part of $6 million, I'd be happy to. If I had a chance and I felt like playing uh, Tampa Bay or uh, Kansas City this week, and keep in mind that uh, uh, Tampa Bay uh, most likely uh, will will not be the number one seed, so they might rest players. Kansas City also, if if Tennessee wins on Sunday, uh, Kansas City would have to play wild card weekend. So maybe they rest their players on a Saturday. Maybe they get out to a nice little lead, let's say a 14-point lead early in the third quarter, rest everybody, and uh, uh, appears that Tennessee is going to, to win. Well, Kansas City plays on Saturday, so Tennessee uh, wouldn't, uh, their result wouldn't be in. But then Denver plays hard and comes back and win. Unlikely, but possible. So, yeah, my strategy would be get to, the, get to where you're one game left and then if you have Kansas City or Tampa Bay and you feel comfortable about them, play them. If you might feel better, let's say with Buffalo winning its game against uh, 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 the Jets this week might be a more reliable. I'd, will, I'd, I'd settle for a share of $6 million rather than take a risk of, of uh, going for that extra million and coming up with nothing. That's why they call it a survivor contest. You have to survive to get the cash. And I can rest assured, Andy, that uh, I don't think you'll find anybody with either of those two Super Bowl teams on their final ticket alive. For the, I think they'd also use that same M.O. going into that final week. 
Well, you know, uh, the, the listeners to the podcast can go on to the website, uh, circasports.com, where they can go and find out all the information about both the Circa Millions contest and the Survivor contest. The Survivor contest, I think I talked about it last week, they actually show a grid that shows what teams the remaining contestants still have alive. So with just five contestants alive, uh, the uh, f- the listeners or anybody for that matter can go in and take a look to see what teams are still available for those five contestants. I don't know if any or all or some uh, have either or both Kansas City and Tampa Bay available. Uh, clearly, if you don't have either of them available, your decision is easy because you're just going for the $6 million. If you do have Kansas City and or Tampa Bay alive, then you have to make a uh, uh, decision. Of course, Kansas City playing on the road, uh, Tampa Bay uh, playing at home. Uh, against a much inferior foe. And the point spread says that I would probably feel a little bit more comfortable if I had that choice playing Tampa Bay. But then again, they're going to be playing on wild card weekend with Green Bay having clinched the number one seed. So, you know, given uh, some of their their issues, some of their age, they may want to rest players. And, you know, if they end up losing the game, all it would affect would be their seeding two, three, or four, but not whether or not they're playing on wild card week. So, Andy, you, I, and three other players are alive in this $6 million Survivor Contest. Wake I, up, wake appro- up. It's almost, it's almost morning. You must be having a dream. <laughs> are you approachable to split the monies between the five people? Well, if you were to do that, you would have to do it as an agreement amongst the five because the rules of the contest and the gaming commission, for that matter, because I think it was looked into, do prohibit uh, that type of agreement from being reached. Now, whether or not such a side agreement would be legally enforceable uh, would remain uh, to be seen, or you would just have to trust the other competitors. So uh, I know it, it, it's not like uh, poker where they can make such agreements, and that's frequently done in some of these tournaments, and I don't know what the gaming commission's rules are on that, uh, but that's that's been a long-standing practice, but I think the question was raised with the folks at Circa, and they came back emphatically with no, uh, for purposes of this contest, uh, they cannot make uh, uh, payouts to uh, to anyone who was eliminated, unless everybody's eliminated in uh, what would be the final week of the contest, but that doesn't mean that it hasn't been discussed privately. And that being the case, Andy, how about uh, the look-ahead lines? Well, there won't be look-ahead lines. This is the final week. So I there wish there any were. Per- yeah, well, that'd be nice because if there were, we could do quite well this weekend, couldn't we? <laughs> well, we certainly would have some opportunities because we would know, for example, which of the uh, Raiders or the uh, Chargers. Which, Chargers. Well, we wouldn't know, necessarily know so much if the Chargers uh, had a look-ahead line because they're the favorite. But if uh, the Raiders were in a look-ahead line, that means they would have pulled the upset Sunday night. So uh, that uh, it, it would certainly be nice. But uh, uh, that, that's been a great service. And I would urge everybody I know in the playbook, you, you put in the lines for every game this year that uh, uh, the Westgate released, uh, I think it was uh, early July or maybe even late June. Uh, Now, those lines change, obviously, throughout the course of the season, but it still gives you an idea of coming into the season how these games uh, were seen at the start of the season. And then again, as we've done on a weekly basis, we talk about the look-ahead lines for the games to be played uh, following the upcoming Sunday, uh, which, of course, can't be done this week, but was able to be done for the first uh, 17 weeks of the season, where you can then react to what the reaction was based upon what happened Based upon what happened in week 13, how the lines for week 14, which were existing before week 13, were adjusted to reflect those results. And sometimes you can get an idea of, or, or form an opinion as to whether you think that adjustment was justified or unjustified, or if there was no adjustment, should one have been made? We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And Andy, before I let you go, I know our listeners would love to know what you've got for your final week for your selection play on the NFL regular season card this weekend. Well, of course, as we all know, the final week of the season, this is the longest regular season in NFL history, so it used to be week 17. But now week 18 is a very challenging week because we don't know what the motivations are for teams that have already clinched the spot in the playoffs, those that have been eliminated, those who need to win. And remember, if you, there's a difference in, in need to win. There's a need to win to make the playoffs or a need to win to improve your position. Win to, a need to win to improve your position, I think, doesn't carry much weight. 
But if you're in a need to win to make the playoffs, it means you haven't done enough to get to that point, and that makes it somewhat un, uh, unpredictable from that point, that standpoint. And now, of course, you add in uh, the COVID situation, which could be a, a factor up until uh, kickoff, uh, you know, at 90 minutes before kickoff, and we find out who the uh, uh, who the inactives are. So I'm going to look at a total this week. I'm going to look at the total between the Giants and the uh, uh, Washington football team perhaps to be the Washington Admirals. Uh, both teams are out of the playoffs, and uh, the seasons have been disappointing for uh, both teams. Washington appeared poised to make a playoff run uh, when they had positive momentum after winning four straight to stand 6-6 six and six a month ago, uh, but four straight losses uh, have ended those hopes. Uh, the offense has been a problem all season. Uh, they scored more than 17 points in uh, or Washington's offense scored uh, 17 points or less in six of its last seven games with the lone quote-unquote explosion, the 20 points scored in a loss to Dallas. In nine games this year, they've been held to 17 or less. Uh, the Giants haven't fared any better, scoring 21 or less in 12 of their 16 games, including each of their last seven. Uh, their high mark was actually in the first meeting at Washington in week two, scoring 29 in a Monday night uh, loss, 30-29, uh, to 29, one of the better offensive efforts from both teams this season. Uh, despite the five straight losses, the Giants have run the football better of late, topping 120 yards in three of their last four games. A good running game tends to slow down the game, limit the uh, possessions. At the same time, they're also likely to start uh, Jake Fromm at quarterback with uh, Glennon out uh, for the uh, uh, well for the balance of the season, meaning this last game. Backup Lewerke, uh, who's on the practice squad, uh, practice squad is also supposed to see some time in practice this week with the first unit, so he may uh, also be uh, uh, be uh, called into play. Uh, I, I can make a case for taking the points with Washington in this game, but considering the poor offense of both teams, I'm going to take a look at this game staying under the total, uh, which is currently, I believe it's 38 and a half. And we actually had a couple of low-scoring games uh, last week with totals that were below 40. And in fact, the Giants and the Washington football team were involved in both. The Giants, despite a 29-6 loss at Chicago, that game stayed under the total, as did Washington's uh, 20-16 loss to Philadelphia. Uh, so it just adds additional reason to play under what is still a relatively, in fact, it is a very low total this year. I believe there have been five totals below 40 this year. and that's a very small sample, but three of the five, including each of the last three, have stayed under. The first two, which were mid to late season, uh, did go over uh, by, uh, by I think, a touchdown or so. But given the consistent uh, performance or lack of performance by these offenses dating back to early in the season, I feel comfortable, and you know, I've got it. Uh, uh, you know, winning by a, a game. By a game, I have the game falling in the low to mid thirties. Andy Isco goes under the total in the Washington football team New York Giants game for his complimentary play on the show this week. Uh, and also, kudos to Andy on breaking the news about the Washington Admirals. I got to say this, Andy, about that name. It's a whole lot better than the Cleveland Guardians that uh, is going oh, to be happening in Major League Baseball this year. So we can live with the Admirals. I would have said Guardian Angels might have even been better than the Guardians. <laughs> yes, that's it a, might have. That's an inside joke, I think, for the folks who, who live in Cleveland. Now, I said, I, th I think what happened was I read that it was apparently revealed on a website. Somebody went in and said, go to uh, uh, WashingtonAdmirals.com, and they were redirected to the Washington football team website. So maybe that was a little hint. As I said earlier, I thought Washington Groundhogs uh, might have been, uh, uh, been an appropriate choice, but uh, somewhere along the way, because since the announcement February 2nd, but I think someone might have been offended by the uh, Groundhogs. I don't know who, maybe just Groundhogs. Maybe Bill Murray. And that could well be Groundhog Day, Bill Murray. There you go. <laughs> well, that was Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com for his final appearance on the show, this being our last podcast for the 2021 NFL football season. Andy, we're going to look forward to visiting with you down the road, perhaps for the NCAA basketball tournament when that rolls around in March. Hopefully, knock on wood, COVID will not get in the way and allow that just to happen. In the meantime, I'm going to wish you the very best of luck, not only this week, but in all of your future wagers down the road. Thanks again, Mark. It's been a pleasure doing uh, the podcast this year with you. Hope we provided the listeners with some good advice and certainly some good uh, insights, I hope. And uh, I wish everyone good luck uh, this final week of the
the regular season and uh, throughout the NFL playoffs and uh, into the other sports that start taking center stage. Thank you so much, Andy. That was Andy Esco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And don't go away, guys. When we come back for the final time this football season, I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week and complimentary plays from Victor and myself when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his awesome, awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the NFL football card this week, and it comes directly from the Playbook Football Newsletter, our awesome angle in the newsletter, and it's called Phony Baloney. What we're looking to do is to play against any sub-500 National Football League division road favorite in its final game of the season if they're taking on an opponent that's coming off a straight-up and point-spread loss. These phony balonies, by fading these teams since 1995, get ready, put your seatbelts on. By fading these teams, we've gone 15-1-1 and against the spread. That's a 94% play against situation. This week we'll play against the Washington football team, maybe soon to be known as the Washington Admirals, will take the seven with the New York Giants for our awesome angle play on the football card this Sunday. And with that, I want to hand it over to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap this weekend. And Victor, if you would, if you'd share your complimentary play with our listeners as well. Okay, can do, Mark. Two quick items first. I was listening to Andy's segment, and I'm not going to step in front of him. Definitely. Uh, I've got the database open, and there were four NFL games played in this recently concluded month of December that had low over-under lines of less than 40. All four of those games ended up going under the total. Buffalo versus New England, New Orleans versus Miami, last week's Chicago versus Giants game that Andy mentioned, and also last week's Saints-Panthers game. So, Andy, I'm with you on that one between the Giants and the Washington Admirals, I guess it is. Uh, next up, you know, Mark, I got to say something about the Super Bowl, and we could, we could actually have a situation here in which history perhaps repeats itself. I say that because way back on January fifteenth, nineteen sixty-seven, the very very first AFL versus NFL championship game was played in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Back then, they didn't even call it the Super Bowl, folks. It was the AFL NFL championship game it was played again in los angeles also the site of this year's super bowl and the two teams who played in that game were the green bay packers and the kansas city chiefs and the packers of course won that game 35 to 10 now i say that because once again here we are in super bowl 56 the game will be played in los angeles not in the coliseum in their new state-of-the-art facility sofi stadium And the reason I mention this is because based on last week's NFL results, two teams have overtaken the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as Super Bowl favorites to win it all. Those two teams, the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs, both were plus seven to one odds last week and Tampa was plus five to one odds, your favorite. Based on the Green Bay's big win and Kansas City's big win, they are now the two co-favorites to win the Super Bowl, currently at plus 450. That's the Packers and the Chiefs. The Buccaneers fall to plus 650. The Patriots are 10 to 1 odds. The Rams are 10 to 1 odds. The Buffalo Bills are 11 to 1 odds. That's to win the Super Bowl. 
So if you believe in history perhaps repeating itself or maybe a little bit of karma, you may want to take a look at a, a, a specific wager on the Packers to face the Chiefs in this year's Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles if history does indeed repeat itself. Uh, with that said, let me run over to our free play this week. Tuchel kind of dropped the ball last week. We're going to leave him out of it, but I do encourage you to pick up a copy of this week's Playbook Totals Tip Sheet Newsletter as we're putting the pressure on Tuco. He has not one, but two of his NFL team totals this week. We're calling it our two for Tuco Week 18 bonus play. Two teams in which Tuco will be playing over the total specifically for those particular teams. So you want to check that out in this week's Totals Tip Sheet Newsletter. And for our free play, we got to give the ball to our other canine, Monkey. That's uh, my wife's dog also known as Isabella, and Monkey is going to be going for seven straight under winners in the row from the Totals Tip Sheet newsletter. And there's no better way at the end of the year for Monkey than going to one of her favorite piling on under teams, and that's going low in the AFC South Division game between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts. They're calling this game down here in the Sunshine State the Clown Show. And I'm saying that because there are... uh, so many disgruntled Jacksonville fans with team owner uh, Khan of the Jaguars that a lot of the fans will be dressing as clowns in this particular game as Jacksonville hosts the Colts, who, of course, need to win to get into the playoffs. So also known as the Clown Show. Now, we are aware, of course, that these um, uh, Jacksonville Kitty Cats, they're actually on a 3-0 and over-under run in their last three games. But Jacksonville has still gone 1-11 and over under this year as underdogs when the over-under line is 44 or more points. And it's currently right at 44.5. And besides from the database, NFL teams who have a winning percentage of 200 or worse off three straight overs in a row, like the Jaguars, have gone 1-10 and over under versus any winning opponent. The Colts, of course, they're one of the chalkiest road teams on this Week 18 schedule. They're laying anywhere from 16 to 17 points on the road, and man, is that a lot. NFL big road favorites of 15 or greater points have gone 1-8 and eight when the over-under line is less than 47 points. You can see definitely, imagine this in your mind, the game script, the game flow of this particular game, Colts-Jaguars. I mean, we should see a very, very heavy dose of what Indy does best in this game, and that's running the football right down the Jaguars' throats. Already this season, NFL road favorites who run for greater than five yards per rush, like the Colts, have gone 2-10 and 10 over under. In the last two years, these teams have gone a perfect 0-8 when favored by five or more points. Again, it's a classic case of game script here. The Colts get out to a big lead. They run the ball like nobody's business in the second half of the game, and they end up winning somewhere by the score of 27 to 10 or something like that. Make sure your target line is 44 and a half or higher. The free play again from Monkey, gunning for seven straight under winners in a row. Colts and the Jaguars under the total. In terms of our King Creole selections, Mark, we'll have our plays, of course, available at the playbooksports.com website. We're finally starting to dip our toes into the NBA waters. We have released six NBA totals plays thus far. Four winners, two losers. Nice winning percentage of 67%. And again, this is the month where we really start hooking them up with NBA over-unders. We've got a play for Wednesday night. We'll have a play for Thursday night. A couple selections over the weekend as well. So check out our NBA over-unders at playbook.com. And with that said... Everybody wants to know what Mark has planned for this weekend. We want to take advantage of that 11-1 record in his last 12 football games. Mark, what do you got going for this weekend? Well, thank you, Victor, and good luck to you this weekend as well. And uh, good luck to Monkey Isabella on another profitable weekend as well. This weekend, uh, I am going to be releasing our weekend of winners, Saturday through Monday, from the National Football League through the College Football Playoff Championship game. Just $99, and as Victor mentions, we are on our 
really, really good winning run to conclude the football season. We opened up spectacularly. We're closing out spectacularly. So we're going to keep the ball rolling this weekend. Join me for a $99 football weekend of winners. You can do so online at playbooksports.com or call the office toll-free. The number is 1-800-321-7777. Before I get to my complimentary play, just a quick note, a couple of quick notes here. Our friends at mybookie.ag once again offering that double your first deposit bonus. All you need to do is log on at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code PLAYBOOK to get your double first deposit bonus at mybookie.ag. And Victor mentions being on a little bit of a basketball run here. We will be releasing our first basketball newsletter of the season. On It'll be available on Thursday, January 13th. Our newly formatted basketball newsletter for the 2022 football season. Check it out online, playbooksports.com, beginning Thursday, January 13th. Before I get to my complimentary play, I want to tip my hat to two of our most avid podcast listeners out there, Jeff, the guitar man up in Canada, and our good friend, the Texas Tornado, for their loyal following all throughout the football season here. Both of them have been very helpful along the course of the way, not only with their insight, but all their tremendous support as as well. And I want to wish them and all of our listeners out there a very, very happy new year, this 2022 football and season coming ahead. With that, my complimentary play on the football card this weekend. We're going to grab the points with the Chicago Bears and fade the Minnesota Vikings this weekend in a matchup of two teams with head coaches that are both most likely on the hot seat. And it wouldn't surprise me to find both of the coaches, Matt Nagy and Mike Zimmer, get the pink slip on Black Monday after this football game is played. Taking a look at the Bears here, they played really well with Andy Dalton last week, winning 29-3 against the New York Giants. Andy Dalton improved to 14-5 to the spread in his career. When his team is coming off a win and taking on an opponent off back-to-back losses, that's the case in this game against Minnesota. The Vikings just 1-7 to the spread. Their last eight games against sub-400 opponents, they played terribly down to the level of opposition in their game last week. Minnesota had averaged just 6.5 yards per play with a pathetic 206 yards of offense coming to this football contest here. I think after getting the boot from the playoffs by Green Bay last week, Minnesota comes flat as all get out here. I'll play the points with Chicago for my complimentary play on Sunday's NFL football card. And that's going to put the final reps on this edition of Mark Lawrence against the spread for the 2021 football season. Remember, we'll be back for the NCAA March Madness Tournament later on in the, or in the basketball season. Until then, once again, a very happy new year. Stay safe and sound. For Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.